Hi, this is Steve Addison for the Movements Podcast. The podcast for people who want to multiply disciples and churches everywhere. Today we'll talk to Daniel Solid about No Place Left Georgia, about building leadership pipelines from Georgia to the ends of the earth. And uh, started following Jesus as a as a young man when I was bullying another student at a summer camp, repented and believed in Jesus, and was raised in a in a church that really taught the word well. Um, parents who followed Jesus and really learned to teach the Bible from up front, um, but no one ever really showed me, and I don't think it was meant to be. Um, not shown to me, but I, I never really picked up what to do with a new believer if I led them to Christ. How do I disciple them? And was stewarding a young adults group at the time at my church and running camps with different high school ministries across the country. And I picked up a book by David Platt uh, called Radical that really didn't give me any handles. I don't feel like for doing it, but it certainly made me feel like there was more to be done in terms of the Great Commission in the local church. And it, it set me on a search and being a business guy, God just laid it on my heart to get more involved in marketplace ministry in Atlanta. We have more marketplace ministries in Atlanta than most cities. And we were basically, well, I got, impl- I got plugged in with mon- one ministry where we were, we were basically having leaders come in who had a reputation in the business community. They would share something on leadership and we'd try to get people in small groups and then eventually get around to sharing the gospel with them, but rarely did people actually hear. And one of my friends that I was co-laboring with that in, um, I think you've met him, his name's Mark McGoldrick. Mm. He sent me a link to your podcast, and I had no idea what movements.net was all about. And I heard a podcast um, where someone was talking about the T for Team movement in China. And I said, oh my goodness, I've never heard of a multiplying discipleship strategy like this, a multiplying church multiplication and leadership development plan. And so ended up going to a training in Houston, Texas, long story short, where I heard that Ying Kai was going to be there and Steve Smith was going to be there. And there ended up being this guy named Jeff Sundell that was there. Okay. And, and we did a three-day training on four fields. And when I saw four fields come together, The idea that, wow, I'm sharing the gospel with the intention of discipling those who believe. And I've got a plan as well to gather them into new churches. And then I'm releasing authority to new leaders who can do the same thing. It, I don't know if angels were singing in the background, but it certainly felt like it to me. Um, The four fields really connected with my heart. And I had a trip planned the next week to smuggle Bibles into a closed country in, in Asia. And, um, Steve, Steve Smith heard I was doing that. And I said, Steve, I think I could train my contacts there in some of this. And he just hands me his entire PowerPoint and goes, do it. And I, I had never, I've been involved with a lot of ministries up to that point, And I'd never had authority released to me quite that rapidly before. Mm. And it was very empowering. And I was like, are you, are you sure, Steve? Like that you want, I mean, like I, I just now went through the training. I hadn't even really put this totally into practice yet locally. Can I do this. And he's like, yes, do it. Mm. You know, we need that to happen. And so 
uh, leaders that I had a lot of respect for in this closed country set up a training underground. And we, we went through the four fields, and I think it was a pretty pathetic training looking back. But what did happen is I saw guys who'd been in prison for their faith Hmm. who had a vision to reach the northern part of their country at a rate at the rate that they were going it would have taken them 5000 years and we hmm. were looking at a multiplying strategy that would take them less than 50 hmm. and they said daniel this is amazing because now we have a vision that could actually see this this accomplished in the in the near term and so with that vision and encouragement really um came back to atlanta and there was a gathering at um Woodstock Baptist Church in Atlanta, where Jeff and a guy named Ray Vaughn was there, and this guy named Troy Cooper was there, mm-hmm. and uh, we were we, we got invited just to kind of listen in, and this guy named Fred Campbell said, Daniel, you need to get into the harvest and start sharing the gospel door to door, and I said, okay, and I grabbed a friend named Andy. And uh, we just started knocking on doors in a primarily Latino, Spanish-speaking people group neighborhood and started seeing people come to Christ. And I'd never experienced that before, entire household. Give us a a story from those days, a memorable one that comes to mind. Well, I remember there was this team of evangelists that Andy knew. And he was like, let's train them and take them in the harvest. So we, we did. And they're, they're Spanish speaking guys. And we, we went out one night and we saw a guy repent and believe in his home. And Andy was my translator. So he was following up with him, but we had a follow up on the other side of the neighborhood. And so I go back to this other neighborhood, to this other home. The guy wasn't home, but there were all these folks on the front porch that were just sort of chilling and, you know, living, a lot of folks living in the same home. And uh, I grabbed one of the kids And I said, can you translate for me? Mm -hmm. And he said, yes. And so I shared my story and I shared the gospel using a tool we were using at the time called the bridge and just using my hands. And everyone stands up and and repents and believes in Jesus. And we had several discipleship follow-ups happen in that home. And I, I'd never experienced anything like that. It was super, it was like the Lord just let me see something that a lot of people don't get to see within their first couple of times in the harvest. And it was Mm -hmm. really really encouraging. What happened next? What happened next is we continued to, I, I, I grabbed a couple friends and started training them in their homes and going out with them into their neighborhoods. Cause I was the, I, I'm, I'm the single guy, right. With, and I own my own business. So I had the flexibility to sort of go to them. Mm-hmm. And so I went into several guys, neighborhoods with them that I was training and and so I would help them with follow-up. And we saw several, several churches start, some of which lasted longer than others. And I feel like there were always barriers to overcome, right, that we were praying through. The first was just knowing how to share the gospel, how to enter, mm. and, and really developing that boldness. And then the, the barrier was, was seeing some folks repent and believe. And we saw that happen. The barrier was how, how do we move towards baptism, Right. Mm. And we were really stuck in baptism from because when I first got exposed to all this was beginning of 2014 and, and all of 2014, we really didn't see a lot of baptisms happen, but then we, we made a tweak end of 2014 where we, we started landing with the great commission saying, Jesus wants you to get baptized. 
and he's commanding me to baptize you so you can baptize others. So and you take them through the, the Great Commission. Yes. When they had, just after they'd repented and believed, or as they were turning, you were yeah. explaining the Great Commission to them. Yes, yes. And when they see that, and, and now we're actually drawing water, like on three circles and illustrating. So we'll, we'll draw the third circle here, mm-hmm. the circle, and we'll, we'll draw water across it and explain that you know, this is, their life has not changed. And as a first step of obedience, just like Jesus died and rose again, they are going through this basic step of obedience to Jesus. And we started seeing um, more people willing to get baptized, especially most of the fruit we've seen has been in the Spanish speaking community of which there are 1 million in the state of Georgia. You you could pass for a Latino, I think. Ah, right. (laughs) Until you start talking. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Oh boy. And, and then these, these obstacles just kept falling. And then the next mm-hmm. obstacle is getting folks to stick around for discipleship. Mm-hmm. And you know, that still is an obstacle. You know, everyone's experienced the whole go back and follow up and they're not there or yeah. they stop texting you. And, and I, I, I've experienced that personally many times. Mm-hmm. And just to say, you know, where we've landed, I think, is, as, a, as a team of teams and a network here in Atlanta is obedience to Jesus is what we really want to celebrate mm-hmm. and whether the fruit of um, the disciples and the new churches stick around all the time or not, mm-hmm. we're committed to fishing and following Jesus and fishing for man. Mm-hmm. What developed next is I was, um, well, I think where you and I met, we, we had a little gathering where um, we were just evaluating what God was doing in the West in no place left mm-hmm. saying, are we starting to see beginning to see movement? Um, in the Western world, in the North, North America and Europe. And I was blown away by the love I was feeling from different movement leaders and really felt for the first time that, that people who are on mission like this, they're get, dedicating their lives to multiplying disciples, churches, and leaders are, are the folks I really want to run with in life, mm-hmm. you know? And I felt that and I, and didn't really feel like I had a whole lot of fruit in Atlanta at the time. This was like beginning of 2015. Um, but I did, they, I, I got my first iron on iron and Jeff and Jeff Sundell and Chuck Wood looked at me and they said, your primary task in Atlanta is to train for you because that's who you are. That's what you got. And I wasn't expecting to hear that. Mm-hmm. And so I, I I thought, well, they're going to tell me just to spend more time in the harvest. And, and we do that, but it's, yeah. you, you need to learn to balance the two and spend time training because in Atlanta, Steve, you know, I realized we have, we have 6 million in Metro Atlanta who live here. Mm. And of that 4 million are lost according to the North American mission board. But of those, you know, the Baptists are telling us in, our, in a study two years ago that 66% of North Americans who are unchurched will not come to church if invited by a friend. Barna tells us it's 53%. Hmm. Right? And that's a little older number. So we just said, okay, roughly half of the 4 million folks in Atlanta are not going to come and engage with traditional ministry. And we have a lot of really great legacy churches that are using more of a come here to learn about Jesus, to hear about Jesus model. Yeah. And we love those guys and we partner with those guys. But saying, oh, my goodness, we've got to go to them. 
but we've got 2 million existing churched people in Atlanta who can mm-hmm. help us with that task. Yes. And what God started doing in 2016, especially is, and up to that point, we really didn't have a lot of favor with, with local churches for training is he just started opening doors and, and now we've got more training opportunities beginning of 2018 than we even know what to do with where there's, you know, entire Baptist associations saying, we want you to come on our training team. Uh, Mega churches saying, coach us on how to engage with disciple making locally so we can send more equipped missionaries globally. We've got other missions organizations um, that are, that are looking to what we're doing at E3 partners and saying, we want to do that too. We want to become a part of no place left and pursue that vision and really integrate that strategy into what we're doing so we can send laborers overseas that have been running the play locally and getting to movement locally first before they go to movements globally. And now I, we're, we're, we're training up a storm. And really in the last three months, Steve, we've got more man. We've got about three times more man hours in the harvest than we've ever had in terms of people going out, committing to their lot, their lives to, to harvest time. There, there's trainings and harvest times happening that I don't have anything to do with. Hmm. And it's, that's exciting to me because I had thought for a while that I was the answer yeah. and that I needed to own the task. And it was, Hmm. Um, all about my ability to multiply churches personally. And I'm doing that. I'm pursuing that. But what Nathan Shank hit me with back in um, September, we had, a, we had a little training. We were looking at Paul and how he's hanging out with his core leaders from every province that he's been to on his three missionary journeys. And there's these guys that are with him. When most scholars tell us he wrote the book of Romans, And he's writing Romans Mm. chapter 15, verse 23, saying there's no place left for me to work. Well, why is that? Well, the local missionary task of multiplying prayer, the gospel, disciples, churches, and leaders is now locally owned. Mm. And so we're, we're casting that vision broadly now and saying, Lord, raise up laborers for your harvest. Um, We need, we need 200,000 seed sowers here in Atlanta, Steve. Mm -hmm. your book pioneering movement lays out five types of missionary leaders and we need we need about two hundred thousand of those seed sowers who are equipped to share the gospel and then of those Mm -hmm. we need about we need about twenty thousand who are equipped to plant churches and of those we need about two thousand who are equipped to multiply those churches right they're those church plant multipliers and of those we need about 200 folks who are equipped as movement trainers who can train other networks. And then of those, we need about 20 who are looking at the city and identifying the gaps and yeah. coordinating strategy. Mm. And so we're, we've been casting that vision like crazy and really seeing uh, mission hearted people who've been through things like um, um, what's the name perspectives, yeah. you know, perspectives has been a really great source of laborers yeah. in Atlanta and it, and no place left has been a really great next step for folks coming out of that. Mm. People who want to give their lives to making disciples and multiplying churches locally because they have a heart globally. So yeah. the local vision is really coming together here in Atlanta, Steve. Mm. Well, that's, that's wonderful. And so your role is a trainer, but now as a catalyst and and trainer of trainers, mm-hmm. 
so that the the you want to train was it two hundred thousand seed source? Yes. So if <clears throat> not that we personally are going to be able to train the two million Christians here in Atlanta, mm-hmm. but we're asking the Lord for opportunities to for someone to train them to at least give them the option. And if 10% move forward, which is what Mm -hmm. we're seeing as a global sort of average, if you train a hundred Christians, about 10% or more or less tend to really grab hold of of the vision of seeing no place left where the gospel has not been heard. And just really casting that fourth generation vision and saying, we, our vision here in Atlanta is to multiply prayer, the gospel, disciples, churches, and leaders to the fourth generation beyond until there's no place left that's not engaged by a local leader. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as we cast that vision, and I'd say that's one of the biggest things I've been learning lately, Steve, is the importance of vision casting and really trying to learn from the word to say, this is what God's heart is. And mm-hmm. we have a role to play. Mm-hmm. Everything we do here in Atlanta is equipping laborers for the rest of the country, for the rest of the city, and for the rest of the world. Hmm. And that's that's moving people's hearts, whether they're more excited about disciple-making or church planning or missions mobilization, that global vision is really moving people who are part of that 2 million here in Atlanta who are churched, quote-unquote, to to engage with our Father's heart. Hmm. And then... Of course, the, the most of the fruit that we're seeing in the harvest in terms of new believers are coming when we lead someone to Christ and then we reach their sphere of influence. So those two sides, training through the existing believers and then, of course, really trying to help them reach the lost in their sphere of influence. And then on the other hand, sharing the gospel ourselves and engaging. Um, and as a business owner, I get a lot of opportunities to share with vendors and partners in, in I have partners in China mm-hmm. and just kind of sharing as I go um, through through those business relationships has been really cool as well. So training and harvest and, and holding those two in tension uh, have has been really fun lately. So what what else are you learning? I'm I'm learning that <laughs> I'm just to, I, the more I can say I don't know mm-hmm. what I don't know, the more God provides favor and 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 open doors to learn something new. One one of the things I'm I'm learning a lot about right now is I just say, Lord, I don't I don't know what to do. You know, I'm I'm like I'm like Solomon in uh, when he asked for wisdom. He said, Lord, I'm but a child. I don't know how to go out or come in. And I'm stewarding three major aspects of life right now. There's my, my business. We own an e-commerce company and I have several staff and relationships globally where we're importing products and selling them on the internet. And then I'm stewarding Atlanta um, and really not just me, but there's a growing number of, of leaders who are, who I learn a lot from here, who are starting to own different parts of the city and start their own teams and residencies. And then I'm stewarding relationships in Asia where we're training primarily through um, a platform with E3 partners mm-hmm. in, in Southeast Asia and taking some of those leaders from active movements in Asia and using them to open doors for training and catalyzing movement in areas where there's not movement. And so as I'm, look, as I'm stewarding those three spheres, 
um, Troy Cooper and I were talking and he recommended this book called the 12 week year. And Mm -hmm. I put my purse, what they they challenge you to do is they challenge you to put your personal vision, your 10 year vision on a page. And then from there, think through some long-term three to five year goals. And then from there, focus on some, some basic goals for each sphere of life that are, that are really for 12 weeks. So quarterly goals. And it, it's been a really great operating mm. system, Steve, mm. because in No Place Left, we do iron on irons quarterly, right? And so everyone on our team here in Atlanta, we're doing this group coaching format that we call Iron on Iron. But we've always sort of lacked the next step in terms of how do you implement those goals you're setting at your Iron on Iron. And so that 12-week year format has been really helpful for me personally, and I'm I'm – um, two thirds of the way through my first 12 weeks yeah. and all my staff and my business are using it. Mm. And as I'm coaching our primarily bivocational team mm. here in Atlanta, mm. we're working a job on the one hand and allocating four to 10 hours a week towards no place left on the other. It's helpful to help these bivocational leaders set goals for all aspects of their life on one page. Mm. In the past, we've been saying your ministry goals are here. Your personal goals are here. Your work goals are here but to bring them all together into an aligned vision has been really helpful for me personally. And more and more of my guys are doing that um, here in Atlanta because that, and, and the thing I've loved about it is how that personal vision. And for me, it's just no, the no place left vision. Yeah. Um, it, it provides the emotional energy to take those steps every day that, that you need to take to get things done. And of course, and, and, and you're checking your, your motivation too, and doing it out of a love for Jesus mm-hmm. and out of just a passion to see his name made great locally and among the nations. So I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed that in recent months. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And yeah. Well, there's a couple of things and we'll post a link to that book. Sounds great. And yeah. look, if Troy Cooper recommends it, it's gotta be good. <laughs> well we're, we're experimenting with it at this point we it's not a reproducing yeah. tool but it, it's been helpful for my business and, mm. and for several of my team mm. here and for me personally and you mentioned residencies um yeah. and uh we, we've just sort of released some um uh interview with justin justin wide and then previously george robinson but yes that's the whole idea that people can get uh, experience in their own backyard as a preparation yeah. to, to go to the ends of the earth. And so is that part of the strategy for Atlanta? It is. My personal 12-week goal for Atlanta for, this, for these 12 weeks up till March 31st is that the Lord would, would open a door for three residencies to be scheduled mm-hmm. uh, with launch. And, and, and <clears throat> he's given about five that are in the works now across the city. Um, we've got one Baptist association that wants to be a landing point for churches who want to plant churches mm. and they want to provide that as a resource. They've, they've said the no place left strategy and vision is our operating system now for our association. And so we want to have a residency that allows churches big and small. We've got a, there's a mega church we're working with that wants to start one. And mm. I, I was just doing a breakout at, um, at a missions conference here in Atlanta this weekend, and we focused on the Great Commission pipeline, which is, again, that idea that we're, we're training in a city, 
we're, until we start new teams that are committed to, to being in the harvest and to training one another and to training others. And then eventually we get that city coalition formed where there's multiple, and that's where we're at in Atlanta now, is there's multiple networks, multiple teams that are now forming into residencies. And once we get to that point where we've got residencies and we're sending and receiving missionaries, we say that we have a hub, mm. right? And so we, we drew that um, at this mission conference and said, all right, so here's our hub here in Atlanta. We're pursuing vision. We're, we're pursuing that here, but we want to get to movement here so that we can mobilize to hubs overseas, say yeah. in Asia, right? Yeah. And, and we've got examples of, of how God's doing that with, mm. with guys like Ryan and others. Now, um, so I had a local pastor who's starting a residency mm. with a NAM church plant in Clarkston. NAM, North American Mission. Yes, sir. Uh, North American Mission Board. And he, he, he's talking to these pastors at this missions conference going, guys, this is a way to find a place for the apostolic missional type leaders in your church. Yeah. And since we've rolled this, we did the training with them. We did a four-day <laughs> intensive with them in January. He said, we have seen the apostolics in our church come to life. And our church is healthier as a result yeah. of this. Yeah. And now we're rolling out, you know, Troy Cooper's talked about three touches on the podcast before mm. they're rolling out three touches mm. of Orfield's training locally. Mm. And they, they, you know, they baptized three people last weekend from the harvest yeah. and it's like, they're getting excited. And so he's, he's standing up there going, mm. guys, we can have, a, we can have multiple residencies in Atlanta. If you, I'll help you guys get one started. Yes. So the pastor, the shepherd teacher guys up here sharing that. Mm. And then I, one of our brothers from India, who mm. I think you've had on the podcast, we won't mention his name for security, but he gets okay. up there and he says, he says, guys, I need missionaries who have been doing it here. Mm. They need to be running the four fields plan in Atlanta. Please yes. send me those missionaries. Mm. So he's talking about his field hub in India. Yeah. And, he's, and how, he's saying, please receive these folks. And then I had Randall get up mm. and Randall shares how he's being mobilized from the No Place Left Army Network through Johnson Ferry Baptist Church to our field hub with E3 and the IMB. Mm. And so we had all three pieces, the, the, the yes. field hub, that's heard, the home hub, the missionary who's going, and the field hub. And it just, it was beautiful. The, the Great Commission yes. pipeline came to life in that moment. I'm going, Lord, we need more of that in our city. Well, in fact, you haven't drawn it, but the field hub, and not a bunch of westerners sitting around no nope. that's actually yeah. uh cambodians and indians and brazilians mobilized to the ends of the earth yes it's the game changer because the the future of the world church um is is latin america africa and asia um amen wonderful amen so and this so is folks, folks Atlanta, are the bible belt but you're mobilizing that to reach the city, and yes. that's then leveraged to go to the ends of the earth, but mm-hmm. it doesn't, in the past, it stopped there, didn't it? You right. know, or if we can just have a local guy um, planting the church, we're, we're, no, no, it's going beyond that. Yeah. Now Asia, Africa, Latin America, and anywhere on the globe is a sending field. That's right. Mm. That's, that's, that's right, because there's movements, there's movements already happening yeah. in these field hubs, right? 
And so this is, this is just a, it's really, we're learning a lot in Atlanta from these guys mm. that are, in, that are seeing movement. Yeah. You, know, you, you've got a lot of these guys that Nathan Shank and those guys are training and coaching and they've seen incredible movements. You know, you've interviewed these guys. Mm. So now we're, we're learning from them in Atlanta. We're equipping missionaries here who can go using the same tools and process here. And all the, all they really have to do is make some, t- some cultural shifts. And what um, I like about it is I, I know you're a smart guy, but this is not some smart, smart guy's abstract model. There are names and places and stories attached to each one of those, those circles that you've just drawn. Absolutely. For those that are listening on the audio rather than watching the video. Um, yes. And that's the exciting yes. thing, that this really is a, a pipeline. That, that is um, in existence, and yet the, it's only just beginning. It's only just beginning, Steve. And um, one context that's open that I can mention is Cambodia. You know, we, so we, I grab um, Jeff Sandel says, hey, you should bring Kumar with you to Cambodia, mm-hmm. right? And this is a context where there have been emerging CPMs in the past, mm-hmm. but now we've got some new contacts and we're going in and we're using Kumar's story. And you've interviewed Kumar, so most of your listeners are familiar with yeah. his story. And he's, as a near culture Asian guy, telling the guys in Cambodia, you can do this. Mm. You can be the nation that reaches all of Indochina. Yeah. And these guys are believing it. They're going, we, we can see a church in every village, right? So this was beginning of last year. We cast vision and did our first training. And E3 Partners facilitated all that, was praying mm. for us at that. Uh, just an example of an organization, one of many yeah. in No Place Left, who are making this transition towards a movement model. And, and, and so we see these contacts that E3 has move forward. And within the last year, and it, it's a new work, you know, 27 new churches, third generation, mm. you know, and, and I'm getting to go and bringing folks from Atlanta with, with me now. And train and coach and do, you know, three touches. And then we're going back and we're doing the four fields intensive where we're making that shift from best practices to best principles. And then we're going back and doing mid-levels and coaching and iron on iron. And it's the same play we're running here, Steve, Mm. in Atlanta. Mm. And these guys love it because we're not seeing quite as much fruit as they are, but we're running the same play. Yes. Mm. And I've got Cambodian leaders who've, who are older than me, who are texting me and saying, Daniel, please come, please come. I can't wait to get more no place left training. Like I, I want more. Yeah. And I just, I, I want to get, um, I want to bring the guys with me from Atlanta so they can experience that too. We go there, we get encouraged. And, I, and I'll say this too, for those in the Western world who are running no place left. Um, Jeff Sundell told me this would happen, mm-hmm. but it's been true. You go train in Asia or in South America, or in another context, and it forces you to simplify your training. It forces you to simplify how you do things. Mm. And that's been really helpful for me personally. And I'd say if you're running a residency or you've got a team, get a, get a short-term training trip on the calendar yeah. um, where you can take your team. And what we're doing is we're training four fields three times in 10 days. And each time we're bringing partners with us, I think you've interviewed Augie Martin before, and he's talking about, you know, how he's doing that in three days. In Asia, we, we can't quite move that quickly, but we're doing, 
we're doing three touches in 10 days. And mm-hmm. each time we're bringing nationals with us. And when we're done, most of the time we end up with a national training team yeah. and just give them a little budget to, to continue training. And then we move on with coaching. And so the reason for the repetition of the training is to move from you being the trainer to the local guys who can train yes. um, regionally or nationally without translation, yes. without your vast budget. <laughs> right. And they can even jump local borders and go into places that, that you would stand out um, yes. and not be allowed into. Yes. So and it really the, the, is a partnership mm-hmm. with what, you know, often we've been excited because there's a church planting movement in some exotic place. Right. But this is now becoming a full partnership in mission together, not right. just to reach um, our country, our region, our language group, but now mm-hmm. these, these folk are, are, are going cross-culturally and becoming right. partners with us in the Great Commission. Yes, yeah, and so we have 100,000 South Asians in Atlanta. Most of them make an average of $100,000 a year, and they're mostly in, in Internet technology, right? Mm. So Kumar and I are talking. We, have, we haven't done this yet, but we're going, okay, the pipeline doesn't just flow this way. Yes. When the national brothers in India who are part of these movements look at this diagram, their home hub is here. Mm. They're saying, we want to send to the U.S., <laughs> Right. Yeah. And so Kumar is starting to cast vision and we want to say, hey, let's train some guys who were in school for IT, who are believers, mm-hmm. coach them in India, and then send them here to Atlanta to help us reach this segment that's been yeah. so hard for us to get traction with so far in the U.S. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and let's lean on them. And I've got, I've got Dwayne Falk, our new director of um, – of research at E3 Partners telling us, telling me, look, Daniel, here's a list of all the Cambodian churches in the U.S. Let's, let's try to get some intensive scheduled with them so we can equip them to go and help you in Cambodia.